This is the Marsh and Matt Show with Marshall Kellner and Matt Gallivan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Marsh and Matt Show. Marshall Kellner and Matt Gallivan along with you here. Happy New Year. Unfortunately, uh, not as much for the Minnesota Vikings, who uh, last week were eliminated from playoff contention with that uh, tough loss in Lambeau Field. When we recorded our podcast last week, uh, Matt, we had not received the news yet that Kirk Cousins had tested positive for COVID. Obviously, that was a massive factor in the game. Not, not by any means saying that the Vikings would have won uh, for sure, if Kirk had played, they still may very well have dropped the game. But uh, in all likelihood, it would have been a much more competitive contest. And uh, Sean Mannion uh, did his did his best. There were some issues with maybe not letting him throw downfield. But uh, but this this week, and Dalvin Cook only had nine carries in the game. Could go on and on about uh, the issues in in that ugly affair. Really, the first time the Vikings were blown out all season. Um, as, as we've, we've talked about extensively, most of their games have been decided by one possession one way or the other. Uh, but, but really, this, the, the purpose of this show is not to really look back at that game, but to start the conversation on what did the Vikings do moving forward. And uh, I thought we would begin with a uh, very good poll that you put up on our Twitter. Um, and you can kind of explain exactly what went into your thinking there and uh yeah just go ahead yeah no um very tough loss um at this point we have no choice but to move on to the off season and think about where the vikings go from here uh and it begged the question of what is your preferred path for the vikings is it a full rebuild uh uh, where you are basically blowing up the team and it's a year affair is it a reboot? And what we mean by that is you've got at least a major piece that needs to change. And a lot of people have focused kind of the big three, Spielman, Kirk. Uh, you know, you're going to have at least something made that you had to reboot it, but you're going to build. Uh, and then the hit the refresh, basically saying, look, they got some bad breaks this year. The, you know, core of what you have is really strong. And you just hope that in a new year with some tweaks around the edges that you'll get better results. So what we did ask, uh, as you said on our Twitter, uh, and uh, the followers said 13% rebuild, 73% reboot, 14% say refresh. Uh, so Marshall, you, what is your preferred path for the Vikings to take and why? Well, we talked about this over the phone uh, this week and I I'm in the third category. I, I do think refresh is the, the preferred route. Um, if, if you're talking Zimmer or if you're talking Spielman, Zimmer and, and Kirk, those three as has been a lot of the conversation since that Packers game, uh, you know, in many different areas in Minnesota sports, whether it's radio or blogs or Twitter. Um, I think, I think if, I think the Vikings problems this year, you need to, you need to ask yourself, are they more personnel? Are they more uh, in-game decisions or are they more just like on the, the players themselves? 
And I think, you know, you can make a compelling argument for, for any of those, but the lack of depth, I think really hurt defensively because they had a lot of frontline starters miss several games on defense more so than the offensive side. Um, I think personnel wise, the thing that came back to bite them the most was hiring an offensive coordinator who didn't have experience calling plays and you knew would have a learning curve. How steep that curve would be was anyone's guess, but hiring Clint Kubiak was a risk and it didn't pay off at least in year one. That's not to say he couldn't come back next year and be really good, but I think you'd have a tough time if you brought Zimmer back also just saying, Hey, Clint Kubiak, you, you stay in as well. Um, I think they'd have to make a change there most likely. Uh, and, and then they also, they also had some horrendous times finishing games. Um, they were in almost every single game. They beat the Packers once um, the best team in the national football league, probably certainly the best team in the NFC. They already have the one seat clinched uh, with, with a game to go. And they were in games against Dallas, who's one of the best teams in the NFC, Arizona, who's a solid team. Uh, the, the LA Rams game, they were missing Dalvin Cook, but still came within a score in that game. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens on the road, they were, they had, you know, a lead in that game of two scores, lost in overtime. The Cincinnati game, they, they had the phantom fumble of Dalvin Cook. They, you know, they, I mentioned Arizona already. That was the missed field goal by Greg Joseph. So, and you, you could go on the Lions game, the last, shouldn't have come down to the last play, but it did. And, and they were missing uh, Patrick Peterson in that game. And it showed um, on the last play on the touchdown to Amon Ross and Brown. So they had, they, they were very close. This was not a team that in their losses was blown out with the exception of that last Green Bay game in Lambeau. Um, so that's why I would, I would say that, that refresh now tinker around the edges. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, I think you do need to make some significant changes with the coaching staff and the personnel. Um, and the, the biggest thing I would say is like, you need to find an offensive coordinator who has experience calling plays in the zone blocking scheme. If you're going to go with that same scheme, uh, you need to do some changing up offensively. You need to get a little deeper defensively um, and you need to figure out the, the biggest question before anything else in the off season is what are you going to do with cousins? Well, Kirk's cap hit is 45 million less next year. That is the third highest cap hit in the entire NFL for next year. Obviously that's not sustainable. Uh, we've talked about off air. He's not going to play on that $45 million cap hit. Either he'll be traded and another team will extend them or the Minnesota Vikings will extend them and lower that cap hit for 2022. So, and that would be my, my preferred mode because, and we can get deeper into this, but I think if you try to trade him, get a bridge quarterback in here, that's not, it's not to say that this roster can't go far with a bridge quarterback. Case Keenum was an unexpected bridge quarterback and they went to the NFC title game, but what did it take? It took the number one defense in the NFL and one of the best defenses of the past two decades in the NFL in 2017. 
So they would be taking a step back at quarterback, but they would also be spending less money and you could allocate that money elsewhere. It's a very complicated conversation, the, the Kirk thing. But I'll focus on Zimmer because I think that's like the first decision that you're going to see, whether it's you know Monday, Tuesday, next week, is they're going to say what they do with Zimmer and maybe Spielman at the same time. Um, but I think that I've been a Zimmer backer for a long time and I remain so. Now, I, that's not to say he's, he's coached his best this year. Arguably, he hasn't. But let me point out to you a few things, and I've pointed this out before. He lost Teddy Bridgewater after year two with three more years to go on his rookie deal, assuming they would have picked up the fifth-year option, which almost always is the case unless the guy's a complete bust. So he had three years that he didn't get Teddy on a rookie deal, and Teddy was ascending. Was he going to be, you know, an elite quarterback? Maybe not, but the way you the rookie deal worked, he wouldn't have had to be an elite quarterback with the way that defense was. And you saw in 2017, it culminated in the top defense in the NFL and one of the best in the last two decades, as I mentioned. So he didn't get that. That was a huge, huge blow and changed the entire complexion of the Zimmer tenure in Minnesota. The other thing is, the other thing is this, you can probably count the games on one hand or two hands, during the Zimmer era, where playoff implications have not been at stake. They have been competitive every single year of the Zimmer era. Uh, his first year, he took the defense from the last, the, the, the literally the worst defense in the league to middle of the pack in year one. And again, that culminated in the best defense in the league once it got to 2017, which was his, what, fourth year on the job. The records of the Vikings, they were 7-9 and nine his first year. The next year, Teddy's first full year as a starter, 11-5, and five, went to Lambeau, won the division. Had a playoff game one, aside from the Blair Walsh missed field goal at TCF. Then, in 2016, they literally, on the eve of the season, lost Bridgewater, had to trade a first-rounder for Sam Bradford. That season started 5-0, and oh, I believe it was. Ended eight and eight because the O line just got decimated by injuries, but wasn't a terrible season. And literally, they were in it until like the final two games. Then 2017, 13 and three, backup quarterback, NFC title game, primarily because of Zimmer's defense. Uh, 2018, Kirk's first year, they were eight, seven and one, had a win and end that they lost against the Bears the final week. That was a disappointing year, no question, but an injury plagued year. 2019, best year of the Kirk era, 10 and 6, playoff win in New Orleans. And it could have been better. They had a few games there, probably should have won the division that year. Uh, they had a game in Kansas City where they didn't have to face Mahomes that they lost. And then the last game against the Bears, they didn't play their starters. That was a very, very close to being a 13 and 3 team, that, that 2019 team. And they were very healthy. And then the last two years, 7 and 9 last year, they're 7 and 9 this year with one game to go that added. 17th game my point being long story longer that Zimmer has had Zimmer has competed and you can't take that for granted in the national football it's lasting eight years with the same team that's a rarity most guys get fired before year five and yeah they've missed the playoffs in three of the four years Kirk has been here now that's disappointing no question but 
luck is a factor and injuries are a factor in the past two years defensively to lose Daniil Hunter, uh, who's one of the best players in the league. And it may be the best player, regardless of position on the Vikings. That's a massive blow. And, and you don't even need to go into all the other injuries they had, especially last year defensively, but this year as well. So the defensive rankings, they were after that first year of Zimmer, they were top 10 every year. Number one, again, in 2017, usually top five, usually the best third down defense in the league. The guy's an elite defensive mind. He still is. He hasn't forgotten how to coach defense the last two years. You want to know why the numbers have dropped off? Look who was on the field. Chris Jones, Cordea, Cordrea Tankersley. It, you know, they, they had some guys on the field that had no business being on an NFL field, especially last year, but, but even so, even a little bit this year, you know, Troy Dye was starting last year at times. So I think with some, with some solid, with, with better health and then some solid additions, mainly edge rusher corner and O-line, I think they're not that far away. So I think the best, your refresh argument and I you do make a good case with what Zimmer has accomplished the stability brought into the team after all you know five years of instability was 2009 uh, and you know this is ridiculous and as came from Dustin Baker but to if you just subtracted the points that the Vikings allowed in the finals of the first half of games this year, they'd be 12 and four. So we're not even talking about defense of games, which they also had issues with, but just the first half, it, it shows you the missed opportunities from this year. So I acknowledge, I want to be very clear. I acknowledge the stability that Zimmer has brought into the Vikings. I support, option uh not the reboot and i think unfortunately for zim is he's maximized do here i think that he is not the coach with the vikings that can win the super bowl i think that there's it's reached a point where something's got to give i think that he and the last couple of years I think this is he wanted. I don't think he really ever wanted Kirk Cousins. I don't think he has the offensive identity and the offensive playmakers to run that he wants. And we're just it's it's at a point where the relationship needs to end. You can end it and acknowledge what he did. Um, but the reality is he did coach very well this year. Um, you know, the reason for the reboot, if you look at the problem, they were 29th in penalty yards. A lot of that is they were 30th in total first downs allowed. That's supposed to be, you know, his bread and butter, injuries aside. They were 31st in totals allowed. Again, that's a problem. The 32nd in final two-minute first hands allowed. That's, you know, were coaches that were made on that. Uh, the run offense disappeared this year. You're totally right about Kubiak. It, it just, it did not work. That was a problem. But I think the reality is that Zimmer is, with the exception really of Andre, 
maybe you know the special teams coach this we need we need to hit the reboot on the staff and we need to hit the reboot in for rick spielman in my opinion it's you know it's a point to certain decisions that didn't work um it's always easy to do that with gms that he could he like still gonna have a role to play but the reality is is that rafting and his depth decisions as have not worked but i do think a lot of the talent is there already to compete your point about restructuring get to kirk in a second you can free up a lot of money with restructuring with some of the the top five contracts on this team Kirk will there's no no doubt if you're keeping him or he will if you trade uh daniel hunter it has to restructure or he's not going to be with him anymore given the cap hit uh adam Thielen is going to have to restructure harrison smith just did the extension but he's going to probably have to further restructure and for anyone who wants to get rid of harrison smith you know in the in the last 15 total seasons he's the only player in the nfl with 20 plus interceptions and 15 plus sacks you know that again from dustin baker that like he he is still the leader on that team you know eric along with eric kendricks who also has to restructure uh originally we had talked on the phone i was going to say advocate for trading dalvin cook before he you know uh to slow down and lose um his ability you know his value add with that happens with a lot of running backs but the reality is i went back and looked at the contract and the cap hit this year is still fairly small um relatively you're looking at probably more of a next year um that's potentially the better time to move on for him and he is as you would say the heart and soul in many ways of this team but uh, to me this starts with I, I think you need a new voice a new offensive identity they did not have an offensive identity this year you need stability uh, a different offensive coordinator that can be there for a while i would go with an offensive minded coach I think you need a fresh look at the GM. I think you keep Kirk and restructure and you focus in a Hudson, as you said, by with the using the restructure money to the trenches. The problem beyond health was an issue on trenches. There's no doubt some of the depth didn't work there, but I think you do have a good core, but you got to be stronger there. Barr probably can't, you know, needs to take a pay cut if he wants to come back. But you've got to fix the offensive line finally. The team that wanted to be like was San Francisco, and they could never do it because they didn't fix the offensive line, um, combined with having the quarterback to do it, you know, 2017. So they got it, they got to bring the stability there. They got to figure out what the, you know, is Wyatt Davis going to be a guy or not? I, I don't understand the situation there. But fix the right guard and center position fix the run game that was inexplicably this year and what was going on there, have a better identity to get the ball into your playmakers, you know, uh, and build the depth on the defensive side by lowering the cap hits of those top, those top heavy salary guys, because we, what we are top 10 in spending on defense. So it's not just been a money issue. It's the allocation of the money on the defense, uh, the allocation, of the money on Kirk's contract and so if you can do that and hit more in the draft going forward um in a couple of key free agents have a fresh voice room but I think this is enough to maximize the talent 
you buy it because too much talent here to just hit the complete rebuild um, and and hope that it works. If you do that, you you could really put your new coach in a bad position. And you could put yourself, don't hit on that quarterback quickly in a not very strong quarterback class um, that you could be in for a cold winter as we're experiencing right now for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, the, the better allocation of the money defensively, I mean, I think it's better allocation of the money, but you also can have Daniil Hunter and Michael Pierce combining, uh, you know, Daniil Hunter missing over half the season and Michael Pierce missing three quarters of the season. Those are two of your highest paid defensive players. Uh, Patrick Peterson also, it was only a one-year deal. He missed four or five games. Uh, and with the depth, with the lack of depth behind him, it was, that was rough. I mean, Anthony Barr missed five, six games. Um so, so, yeah, the lack of depth defensively, we knew that heading into the season. We knew that if they stayed healthy, this defense had a chance to be good. The, the, the kind of rebuttal I'll have, and I'm not saying the defense was good at all this year, but they were put in an absolutely horrible position by a theme that I've touched on many times, almost weekly, is the number of three and outs. Uh, I think they had six against the Green Bay Packers, but even, even so, even when Kirk was playing, um, they, they, they had like four, five, three and outs a game. It was like a regular thing that where the offense would just get stuck and they'd be like in a row normally in the second half because they normally have pretty good first halves. And you talk about like number of first downs allowed. Well, when the, when the offense is literally going three and out and putting the defense right back on the field and you already have depth issues and injury issues, yeah, they're going to allow a lot of first downs. Uh, that's, that's just going to happen. My question to you would be, so you, you pointed a lot to those defensive statistics and, and how, because that's the side of the ball that Zim is, he's responsible for it all. He's the head coach. Don't get me wrong. But uh, he calls the defense and normally tries to hand the offense to somebody he trusts and, and basically lets them do their thing. That may not have been the case as much this year with who knows how much input Zimmer had with Clint Kubiak, a younger guy probably a little more than he would have with a Gary Kubiak or a Norv Turner or a Pat Sherman. Uh, he's liked to have those older guys, which is another reason why it was a little surprising to just, I mean, it wasn't surprising at the time that they handed it to Clint. You know, you wanted that continuity. They were fourth in total offense last year, pretty good. And they were still like top 10 scoring offense. So the offense did well. That's why they wanted it. But surprisingly, Clint Kubiak actually did change up quite a bit. Some of that may have been due to Irv Smith's injury, but he ran a lot more three wide receiver sets, a lot less play action. Uh, so it wasn't as much continuity as we thought we might be getting. So that, that to me, the whole offensive situation, that needs to be addressed whether Zim stays or goes. Uh, certainly, that, that needs to improve. There's too much talent offensively to be going three and out four or five times a game. That's just unacceptable and puts your defense, no matter how talented they are in an untenable situation. Um, so, but, but my question to you would be like Zim Zim's defenses were ranked very, very highly as I've pointed out uh, un, until last year. So did he, so what happened? 
Like, did he just forget how to coach defense or is it the injuries and who he had on the field? I mean, I can pull up a list. I don't think you want to hear the names that were on the field, especially last year defensively. And some of the guys who were on the field this year, much more than they should have been. Uh, I would never claim that Zimmer forgot. There's no one could with a straight face can say that. I, I, I chalk it up to a few things. Number one, there, the injury issues were real. You know, concede makes a difference. Number two, they made some poor personnel moves. Poor and they got caught in a situation where they had a number of veterans that were in free agency that they want to keep or couldn't keep and for in some cases other places for you know just drafting issues and the need for more bodies than individuals they got caught with a and a lack of depth in particular last year um when Mackenzie Alexander and Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes and then some of the other cornerbacks drafted didn't work out or weren't and obviously the situation but you know that was unlucky it added to it um you know and you combined it then with the end um and you had a lack of depth issues you or but you also had poor play issues you had poor scheming issues I mean just go back to you know, LA Rams game where Anthony Barr was being, you know, was kept getting caught in the pass defense and was getting completely burned, you know, so there weren't, it wasn't like it was completely down to just injuries um, and players on the field. You also had some of your top players in teaming situations or mistakes or not executing very well. Um, and, and I do think that that's on him, but I, again, I don't think that that was, was in 2018 a, a, in fairness, that was, that was in 2018. That, that bar okay. and the defense at the beginning of that year, he tried to make some adjustments coming off the NFC title game from what happened in Philadelphia. Those adjustments didn't work. They rehashed it when they had like a mini buy after the LA Rams game and it got much better. Yeah, no, yeah, that's an important correction. You're right. But I think that they, you know, part of also the problems, let's be honest, is that the identity of the team was changed. And this is where people who, who want to criticize the Kirk acquisition, they're not really criticizing Kirk, or they shouldn't be. They might make it personally about him. But it really is about the philosophy of the NFL and where was it going and what personnel decisions did the Vikings make. And I, I just personally think that Zimmer has on the team as whole, including the offense, and that their offensive identity does not well and has passed them by. Unfortunately, depth injury issues were then compounded by some coaching errors or some errors here and there. He defensive mind. I think that just the relationship press approach, and I just don't think you are going to get the right. Uh, mix of offense and defensive scheme, given your personnel and where you're at and where you need to go with Zimmer as the head. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think, I think if, I think if you, 
there's arguments made to be made for keeping him and letting him go. I mean, I think if you make the argument like, you know, he's 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 accomplished a lot, um, especially defensively. Uh, he's 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 done some good things, but they just, it's just time for a new voice. I mean, I think that's a valid argument to be made. Uh, no, no question. I, I would disagree. Um, and, and I would also say this is not a reason not to let Zim go because it, uh, just, just because it's tough to find someone who might be better because the next, the next guy may be better or may, may be worse. There's a good chance that guy may be worse because as I said, most coaches don't last eight years in the national football league with the same team. There, there, there's not a lot of Bill Belichick's and Mike Tomlin's out there who go well beyond that as well. Uh, most, most guys, you, you know, it's tough to find a good head coach. And I'm, and my point is you, you don't not make a move because you're scared. The new guy might not be better. I'm just saying for fans, just keep in mind, be careful what you wish for, because if you want Zim gone and it's this emotional thing, you know, we, we just need him gone. We need, we need a new voice. We loved him, but you know, it's just time. Just keep in mind the new guy might not be as good and the new guy may be horrendous. We don't know. And I think another case to be made in Eric Nordquist and Paul Allen kind of touched on this a little bit this week on KFAN is continuity. Uh, and, and continuity is a big thing. The, the New Orleans Saints had a couple of seven and nine seasons with Sean Payton fairly recently and stuck with him. And, and then we're, you know, in the playoffs every year, they have a chance to go to the playoffs again this year uh, with, with a horrible options at quarterback since Jameis Winston got hurt. And Jameis Winston, by the way, may be an option if the Vikings decide to trade Kirk next year. That, that could be one of, the, one of the options they go with as a bridge, bridge quarterback. So just keep in mind, like if it's just something to keep in mind, if they do let go of Zim, it's not a guarantee that the next guy is any better. I, I agree with your continuity point. Uh, Sean Payton's a great example. The best is Mike Tomlin and the Steelers organization where they know there are going to be ups and downs. And that guy has never had a losing season, you know, and obviously is a, a, a great coach. And that comes from, you're going to have some slightly disappointing years for a variety of reasons. And that is something for continuity. It, my fresh voice is, there's the fresh voice argument, but I think my bigger thing is just, I think we find ourselves in the unfortunate position of square peg round hole. And the question is, which one of the are you taking the square peg or are you taking the round hole but what we have right now won't work um you know and they don't go together so i think the answer in my book either has to be go with zimmer's history and get rid of spielman and kirk or go with kirk and get rid of zimmer and then you know spielman or you know move him into a different position i don't think it can be keep zimmer keep kirk and my, where I come down on the argument is you've got a top 10 QB. Top 10 QBs are hard to come by. I think that there is enough there, and we'll get we'll pivot to Kirk here in one second. I have one other point to make, and then we'll get there. I, I would rather have Kirk at this point and think that that sets us up better to win than keep Zim and then try and find another top 10 quarterback. I do want to, but I do want to reinforce your offensive point that you made. The offense does have to get better. It was hot and cold, and we've talked about this before, and nothing summarizes it better than this. 
they were first in 15 plus yard gains on offense. They, they could hit the big play. They were third and fewest turnovers. They were protecting the ball. They were fourth in red zone touchdown percentage, despite, you know, some concerns in a few games late there, they actually were scoring in the red zone. Maybe not, you know, so that was good. The, the problem were the penalties that killed drives. The problem was the rushing offense that disappeared in the middle of games for sometimes inexplicable reasons. You just couldn't explain it. I think the play calling had something to do with that. Um, and, and they were also, that obviously impacted time of possession. Uh, and then obviously they were, they were uh, what was it? 28th and down completion percentage three and outs but again i think that's had so much to do with the inefficiency of the run offense the play calling the penalties that put them in that position and when you're in third and seven third and eight third and nine too often no matter how good you are you're not going to convert um you know and so that was the disconnect that kept this offense from really being consistent in the middle of the games to maybe win more games because it gave the defense a break or allowed you to put up those points that helped you just separate yourself that really demoralized your opponent when you were leading so uh, or just to, or just to shift field position like even yeah. even and i mentioned this before uh, on earlier shows it's not that you have to score every time but just to hang on to the ball give the defense more of of arrest and also flip field position starting field position is a huge factor now the special teams were much better this year so that helped in that regard, Jordan Berry is just a booming leg. I hope they bring him back next year. He had a great For year. Sure. The coverage teams were better. The return, I mean, obviously, Kane Wangu, two kick return touchdowns, and you don't get a lot of opportunities. By the way, they should have let him return more against Green Bay. For some reason, they weren't, and you know they needed to take more chances there in the kick return game, in my opinion, when it was bouncing one or two yards deep in the end zone. But um, that notwithstanding, he had a great – uh, first year as a kick returner, uh, D.D. Westbrook did fine as a as a punt returner, certainly better than K.J. Osborne did last year as a rookie. So uh, something Ryan Ficken did an outstanding job with the special teams. If Zimmer stays, he's definitely keeping Ryan Ficken on on the staff. And even if there's a new coach, that guy may consider keeping Ryan Ficken. You know, Kevin Stefanski was a guy stayed with the organization through multiple head coaches, and now is that obviously the head coach of the Browns. Uh, Ficken has been here a long time as well, and he may be a guy that sticks around no matter if Zimmer stays uh, or goes. But I, I think going back to your point, Zimmer never wanted Cousins. Um, I think that's probably true. I think they they had a good relationship this year. They started meeting weekly more. You know, we heard a lot more about their communication, which is which was good. Um, and I think they understood each other a little better this year. And and Kirk. Uh, at least started the year with his best season ever in, in the NFL. He was just lights out. He struggled a little bit more as the season uh, winded down, but overall a very good year for him. And he's basically improved every single year as, as a Viking. So that's, that's good. But the reason Zimmer didn't want him wasn't because of Kirk. It was because of the money that you would have to spend. And he, and he even has quotes. You can go look them up that said, like, we've won playing a certain way. We've won a lot of games. They were just coming off the NFC title game, and he didn't want to necessarily sacrifice other areas of the team. But we don't know for sure that he didn't end up coming around to Cousins because of the other options 
that were available. Like he, he may have said, you know, this is an ideal to spend this much at quarterback, but we really have no other option. And Case Keenum can't get us to a Super Bowl. So I think his real option, probably he loved Teddy Bridgewater, not just for his abilities, but for his leadership. People would run through a wall for Teddy. And I'm not sure in the same way that they would do for Kirk. Uh, but, but were they confident in Teddy's knee? Clearly not. Otherwise, they probably would have brought him back. Everybody in the organization loved him. And uh, they were ascending with him. But coming off two years, essentially, not playing. And questionable injury issues going forward, they decided, and the same was true with Bradford. Bradford is a great quarterback, great arm talent, but they weren't confident in his knee. They turned out to be right about that. Um, And then, you know, Case Keenum, they thought lightning in a bottle, and really the only choice was Kirk. And because he was the only choice, he got paid a lot of money. So I I think it, I just want to add, I don't think it was just about money. I think. Kirk is the guy that needs to get in a rhythm. He needs to throw, you know, a lot. And as he does that, he really heats up. Um, and Zimmer doesn't like to throw the ball a lot. There's a reason. I know it also is probably a little bit of a running joke and a troll job, but like he, he would just like to run the ball a whole lot. You know, he's, he, he's not gonna, he knows you need to mix in the past some, but I think that it was not just the money. It was also how, Kirk's style and what fits him does not align with the type of game that I think that Zimmer for the most part would like to play. Um, you know, and, and, and then in order to get, you know, help Kirk, you got to invest in the other positions. And so that's when you run into things like the Thielen contract, the Stefan Diggs contract, it worked out because we got a great one in Jefferson, but you know, Zimmer doesn't like probably spending that much money on wide receivers either. So, you know, they're, they're, I think it just was not a match that worked. So we've danced around Kirk for a while. And I want to get to your question that we talked beforehand. Do you think he can be a Super Bowl winning quarterback? And do you think he can be a Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, so that's where we were talking off air. Those were the two questions. And that, those are the two questions you have to answer, in my opinion. Um, and the second one, I would just revise to say, can he be a Super Bowl winning quarterback with the Vikings as currently constructed? Because they're constructed differently now than when he arrived. Like there's different contracts, there's different players, uh, there's different coaches. Um, so I think the answer to the first question is yes. In general, yes, I think he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think there's many quarterbacks who are less talented. The only question who have won Super Bowls, the only question I would say is, does he have the intangibles necessary to win a Super Bowl? Does he have the inherent leadership characteristics? I think he's developed more into a vocal leader. I think he didn't want to come in year one, coming off an NFC title game and say, hey, everybody listen to me, especially they loved Case Keenum. You know, even though they let him go, like everybody on the team, he galvanized them. He was a leader. Um, was he a guy who could win a Super Bowl? Uh, probably not. Uh, but to to come in right after that is a challenge. To take over a team that just went to the NFC title game and was one game away from hosting the Super Bowl at U.S. Bank Stadium that year. So 
I don't think he came in with rah rah being the rah rah guy, but I think he's developed that as time has gone on. Is that his nat? You know, is he a natural like, you know, Brett Favre type guy? No, that's not how Kirk leads. It's just, but but I think you've got to be yourself. But I I do think yes, he can win a Super Bowl. Can he win one as the Vikings are currently constructed? Uh, they've got to get better along the O-line because when protected, Kirk kills you, especially when he has two wide receivers like, like J.J. and Adam Thielen. Uh, and you have Irv Smith returning next year, who was, who was ascending before his knee injury this season. So, yeah, I mean, I think also, though, you need to get better defensively. I mean, they have been statistically – one of the bottom defenses the past two years. You can't win a Super Bowl basically if you're any quarterback with defenses ranked near the bottom. So I think offensively, you need to get probably, you, you know, into the top 10, but, that, but, but you can get top five potentially scoring offense with just a few minor improvements uh, with, with a new offensive coordinator some more imaginative play calling, uh, some more experienced play calling, and a little improvement on, on the O-line. I mean, I think you can get to a top five scoring offense. When you're talking Dalvin, J.J., Thielen, Irv Smith Jr., um, that, that's pretty damn good. So uh, skill position-wise, they're good. I think defensively, you need to stop the run. That's been the big problem the last two years. Yeah, last year, pass rush was a problem as well but you can't rush the passer when it's always second and three or third and one, you know, it's harder to rush the passer. And uh, this year they were able to get creative for a while, led the league in sacks. They're still near the top, despite missing Daniil Hunter most of the year and Everson Griffin for quite some time. So, you know, you get a little healthier defensively and make some additions. I think certainly you can get at least to be an average defense and hopefully like a top 10 run defense, because if you're top, that's the key with Zimmer's defense. You have to get into third and long. And when Zimmer gets a team in third and long, that's when he gets creative. That's when, that's when, you know, the intricate blitz packages come, the double a gap uh, uh, blitzes where Harrison and Harrison Smith moving all all over the place, coming up to the line, moving back, you know, coming on a, coming on a blitz, sacking a guy from the blind side. I mean, that's where Zimmer gets intricate and is one of the best defensive minds of the, the past few decades when you're talking about third down defense which has consistently been even this year has been pretty good for the vikings uh but the problem has been the run defense and you're you're getting teams into and you say the secondary has been a problem it has certainly this year especially the lack of depth once peterson if peterson is missing you know then they're really in trouble and you had the whole Bashad breeland situation but also, the secondaries have put into a tougher position when they're constantly defending play action on second and third and short, you know, and even even first down throws when you're consistently giving up first downs on the run. So I think, yeah, I mean, I I, I think really it, it sounds simple, but they need to get better on the in the run offense back to where they were the two years before this with Dalvin, and then they need to stop the run better defensively. But I, I think. Yes, Kirk, Kirk can win a Super Bowl with some minor tweaks, 
but it needs to be at a lower cap hit so they can improve elsewhere. It'd be great if he took like a team friendly deal, but you know, you know, everyone's like, well, why can't he do what Tom Brady does? Well, Kirk's wife isn't making like 45 million a year either, you know? So, and, and, and getting tons of endorsement, you know, who knows what he's getting from the crafts on the side, Brady, or well, I'm talking when he was in new England, um, you know, when he was in new England and he took those team friendly deals, I'm just saying, you know, he has endorsements, his wife's making all that money. You can't ask somebody to take a massive pay cut. Like some might want Kirk to do, but you can spread out that money if you extend them a little bit. And also you say to you, you may say to Kirk, take a slightly more team friendly deal because you're 33 years old and you want to win a Super Bowl. So maybe he yeah. does. Maybe he does. So to your, to your point with Kirk, I, I would say, First off, on the the money, as you were talking about, Breeze did it at the tail end of his career. Brady did it at the tail end of his career. It, I, I think Manning might have even done it at the tail end of his career. They, they don't do it on their first major contract. So everyone that pointed to that with his first major contract that he got after not having, you know, just asking for a long term for three years with the with Peter, he finally got it. Let's see what he does with the restructure here, because it does reach a point where you sit there and want to win a Super Bowl more than just, you know, getting that extra $5 million. So everyone just needs to chill out on that criticism, number one. Number two, I get the intangibles argument, but I feel like everyone likes to point from an intangible standpoint to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Brett Favre. But put aside Brady, who obviously is different and, and the best ever. You know, Aaron Rodgers won one Super Bowl. Brett Favre won one Super Bowl. I should say Aaron Rodgers has won one so far. Guess what? I don't think anyone, Eli doesn't necessarily come across as a vocal, confident, intangibles guy, and he won two Super Bowls. So uh, Ben Roethlisberger, not the most vocal guy, won two Super Bowls. Like, I, there, there's something to be said that, I, I get that everyone wants the intangibles, the yelling on the side, but all the, a lot of the criticisms, I think people have used this comparison, it's true. A lot of the criticisms of Kirk mirrored what everyone said about Drew Brees. And it took getting the right coach, the right situation with the right playmakers around him in the right system. And then all of a sudden it was guns ablaze. They were just, they were ready to go and they were one of the best offenses and they still only won one Super Bowl. So, but do I think he can win a Super Bowl? And yes. they cheated to win the Super, that one Super well, Bowl. Well, yes, they did. <laughs> but they, you, Kirk has the talent to win a Super Bowl. The one knock on, or the two knocks you can come up with Kirk's game is, in my mind, is the lack of mobility. So he doesn't know, you know, and, and his unwillingness to use it when maybe it's there. He's slowly been getting better at that, but that's still an issue here or there. And the maybe overly cautious approach sometimes. But again, we had a bunch of big plays this year. He took the shots downfield. It's the shots over the middle um, that seem to be missing some that in slightly shorter distances. And a lot of that I attribute to the play calling and scheming. It goes back to the offensive and, and the, you know, and, 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 and let's not forget this guy is at a different offensive coordinator every single year. And the first half of his career, he was with the most dysfunctional organization in the entire NFL. 
So like, it, it's not like he's just got paired with Bill Belichick and like, go ahead. And that's not a knock on Tom Brady, but it's like when you're, when you're at a stable organization with a stable coach, it often leads to success. And, you know, so I do think coach and the right scheme offensive line can win a Super Bowl. And I think he can, that can happen with the Vikings if they get the right situation. And I, I want to be very clear, and you heard me say this prediction. For everyone that wants to trade Kirk, and there are reasons to trade Kirk. Um, depending, you, there are reasons to trade anyone as long as you get the right value back from them and you maximize that value that you get back. If it would not shock me if he went to San Francisco or to Cleveland and to Pittsburgh, any one of those, and won a Super Bowl. So just uh, if, if you're comfortable be comfortable with him and his talent come out in the right system with the right coach it takes both so I, I hope it's with the vikings but i do think that he can do it we just need to fix that offensive line and we need to fix the talent and, and the the depth on the defense in particular the defensive line to put us you know and get the right offensive um, scheme and offensive coordinator in place in order to pull it off, regardless of who the head coach is. And, and here's the problem with a trade. And we talked about this offline on the phone this week as well. We're, we're both open to a trade if it's the right circumstance. I mean, I, I don't think I'd, uh, I'd turn down, you know, a couple first round picks for, for Kirk. I think it probably it take it would take at least one first rounder, probably two for me to pull the trigger. But here's the problem. Like, let's say you 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 trade him. And let's say you end up with Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston as a bridge quarterback. Now, Mariota could be an interesting reclamation project because he's still fairly young and has got some talent and some believers in him that, you know, maybe in the right situation, if you put him with Cook and, and JJ and Thielen, maybe it could uh, turn out that he kind of reignites his career. He started out okay in Tennessee and did go to the playoffs. Um, so he would be an intriguing option. Jameis Winston started out very well with New Orleans. The work Sean Payton did with him was outstanding. And he's never really been in a great situation. Um, so maybe I think he'd be more risky uh, if you're looking to contend. But the, the way you would contend with those guys is by judiciously spending that saved money elsewhere and getting, getting some targets along that offensive line and the defensive line uh, and, and, and the secondary. So that's one way you could trade and still contend. But, but probably if you're trading, you're – acknowledging you're going to take a step back at quarterback and taking a bridge quarterback and the people that want to trade him also want to probably draft a quarterback in the first round. Well, it happens to be a weak quarterback draft. Now, if they have somebody that they have their eye on and they, they can go get him great. Um, but that's, that's taking a risk as well. And then you look at the rest of the team. Like, I think that would be okay if you had a totally aging rest of the team. And they do have some aging guys on defense. But Dalvin Cook is in his prime. Justin Jefferson is, you know, young and approaching his prime. 
Adam Thielen's probably on the back end, but still very effective. Irv Smith Jr. is reaching his prime. Uh, you have some guy, you know, Brian O'Neill is reaching his prime. Christian Derisaw looks like he'll be a steady presence at left tackle for 10 years. Uh, Ezra Cleveland had a very good year. So you have some young talent offensively that if you go to a bridge quarterback and just kind of punt away the next couple of years, uh, what are you having? You're wasting Dalvin Cook and, you know, and Thielen and Jefferson in prime years. And, and some guys defensively, you know, if you bring back Denny Hunter and he can stay healthy, he's in his prime years. Uh, Eric Kendricks is playing at an all pro level. Harrison Smith, as you mentioned earlier, is still very, very effective. They've got some young guys defensively, you know, DJ Wanham starting to become a pretty good player. Anthony Barr has played very well. If they hang on to him, you know, at a lower salary as a veteran coming back next year, he's still playing well. So yeah, they have some aging guys defensively, but pretty young offensively overall. And I just don't, just don't get like how those pieces would all fit together. And by the time the young quarterback is ready, Dalvin Cook may be over the hill. Adam Thielen may be over the hill. So I, I, at that point, you know, if you're talking bridge quarterback, then at that point, I think then a Dalvin Cook trade does make sense, even though I love Dalvin and I do believe he's the heart and soul and a leader on this team. And everybody just loves the heck out of him um, on that, in that locker room. But, uh, but you go to the bridge quarterback then, at that point, you're kind of like in the, the problem I have with the Minnesota Twins. Like, which direction are you going? Like, what, what's, yeah. the plan? what's the plan with that? I, I think it's either you keep Kurt and go for it for a few more years or tear the whole thing down. But I don't think tearing the whole thing down makes sense with the talent you have. So, it, it, you, to me, getting a bridge quarterback and hoping a young rookie would emerge very risky proposition. And by the time the young rookie emerges at that point, your stud running back, one of your stud wide receivers is probably over the hill. And some of your stud defensive players are certainly over the hill. So, you know, you hopefully had replenished it with some young guys, but I just don't know if it would all come together as nicely as you would like, if you're taking a, a rookie quarterback and hoping he develops at the same time, having a bridge guy. So I think that the safer and more successful option is keeping Kirk at least for three more years. I'm totally with you. And I'll have that. Like you talked about the trade value. You know, I, I find it just crazy that some people are like, well, we'd trade Kirk for just a first round draft pick to Cleveland or to, you know, the 49ers. So you think you're going to get that slam dunk quarterback that you know franchise young quarterback not only in this draft which you know i don't think anyone's really watched tape on most of these qbs when they're talking about what you know they're not maybe i think a lot of these people that comment on it just are not college football fans haven't watched any of them and they're just totally full um you know you got people talking about sam howell I, i've watched multiple games of him playing I, I don't buy that he's a first round pick or a first round talent and can lead your program. Now that's just me, but like you're, you're, so you're not even going to get a top 10 pick for Kirk, you know, and trade him just for one, or people are talking about taking on Baker Mayfield and his 19 million a year. I mean, it's crazy. If you get the value, you can justify it. 
but I'm totally with you that like if you're gonna trade Kirk away, you gotta get enough value and you gotta be willing to also trade away, cut part with some of these older, more expensive veterans now and really rebuild and sign JJ to a massive extension now if you want to keep them because it's going to be a long slog. And that's assuming you hit on that quarterback. You got to hit on that quarterback. Otherwise, you get into these teams, and which is a big if. I mean, it can be a crapshoot. But if you miss on that quarterback, now you've probably guaranteed a new coach that they're not going to see it to a second quarterback. Uh, and now you're in that cycle of new coach, new quarterback, new coach, new quarterback. I'm not saying you can't hit on it because you can, and then you get Patrick Mahomes. But you better have the right quarterback or the pick the right one and you better have the right evaluator at GM and right evaluator at coach and making that selection. Cause let's not forget we selected Christian Ponder in the first round at about where the Vikings are, are going to be right now. And that's higher than higher than the Vikings. are. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so it, it just, it's a, it's a risk and you better get enough value out of it. I mean, frankly, you know, me, I, if I'm going to trade Kirk and get two first round picks, preferably is what I would like, but let's just say you get another first round pick. I'd rather get two uh, slam dunk linemen, offensive linemen, because guess what? Even your bridge quarterback is not going to succeed more than Kirk if you don't fix that offensive line and get the run game going again. Um, you know, so there, you, you better hit on all of that. Otherwise, all you're doing is subtracting his top 10 talent and not really advancing i do think i do think the the only the only thing that could be intriguing is if you could get a couple first rounders or at worst a first and a second for him then you end up with two first rounders this year you can trade you you can do a lot with that kind of draft capital to improve your team very very quickly so the if, if they do move on from Kirk, I would be intrigued first with Marcus Mariota. I, I would need to dive into him more deeply to see, you know, what I think and watch him more closely. But if they have, if he has fans in that building, he could be intriguing. He could be intriguing because you get him on a reclamation project type deal. Now there aren't a lot of great free agent quarterbacks, so that could drive up his price, but you get him on a much cheaper deal than Kirk and then you can utilize that money elsewhere and possibly draft your quarterback of the future. That could be an option. Jameis Winston, as I mentioned earlier, another more risky option, but neither of those two guys have played with as much talent offensively as the Minnesota Vikings have not even close in Mariota's case. Yeah. He had Henry, I believe for a little bit, but Henry wasn't at the peak of his, powers yet when Mariota was there he got really good when Tannehill got to the, the the Tennessee Titans and as for Winston he had some talent offensively with the Bucks, but he had some of the worst defenses in the NFL and he was always asked to score like 40 points a game to win uh, Vikings need to improve their defense but I think both of those two guys are intriguing cheaper options if you want to go that way and if they determine you know we you know we Kirk's kind of at the end of his run in Minnesota, those could be interesting options. And then, you know, you have a lot of 
choices for what to do with that extra money and whether you even take a quarterback in the draft this year. It's not, if you trade Kirk, I don't think it's automatic that you take a quarterback in the first round. If there's nobody you believe Agreed. you might, you might take a, a, a top edge rusher. You might take a really lockdown corner. Like there's other talented players and teams get into trouble when they take a quarterback just for the sake of taking a quarterback. Totally agree. And, and so last, last thing is this offseason, very difficult decisions to be made by, by Mark and Ziggy will and very intriguing. I mean, it seems like every offseason we say, oh, this is a big offseason for the Vikings. This is a big offseason. The, the rubber kind of has met the road here. We'll see what their decisions are with the triumvirate, uh, Spielman, Zimmer, and Cousins. And, and then from there, even if they keep all three, it's going to be a fascinating offseason. If one or more are gone, there's going to be even more big decisions to be made. Um, and, and we'll have you covered uh, every, every step of the way here. Any last, uh, any last thoughts? Uh, doesn't matter what they do. I'll still be a Vikings fan. And even though they repeatedly break your, however they do it, we'll start the season as eager, excited fans, inexplicably thinking that they can win the Super Bowl despite whatever, uh, all the, all the pain that they've caused us over the years. Yes, that's sir. my last thought. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a good way to end. We'll come back next week. We'll have some Vikings uh, guests throughout the offseason. And we'll also get into uh, other topics as well. Uh, college basketball heating up, college football playoff, uh, national championship is on Monday, so we could react to that. Alabama and Georgia, and then uh, the Wolves are going to be very interesting, I think, as they uh, contend for a playoff spot. As long as they stay healthy, they have a good shot at the postseason. The Wild also. Uh, very much looking like a playoff team. We'll get into them a little bit and, uh, and then uh, follow the Vikings because uh, they're the most popular team in the state. And uh, they'll be the most popular team on this podcast for that reason. And uh, we'll get into the Minnesota twins if they ever start playing baseball uh, after the lockout ends as well. So a lot to talk about as always in Minnesota sports and uh, could be looking at a couple playoff teams in the wintertime that will, uh, that will warm up the hearts of Minnesotans after braving this uh, sub-zero temperatures. So uh, that's all for this week. For Matt Gallivan, I'm Marshall Kellner. We will talk to you next time, and we'll have a lot to talk about uh, probably next week. Uh, uh, stay warm out there, and uh, see you later.